eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, woof, second half time. Woof, woof basketball at the wrong time of the season time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Grant Ramey coming to you live as we're speaking, not live as you're hearing this, but live as we are speaking here from Humphrey Coliseum, a.k.a. The Hump in Starkville, Mississippi, where uh, Tennessee played a uh, pretty nice first half against the Mississippi State Bulldogs uh, and then had one of the worst halves I've ever seen from the Vols uh, in the second half. Uh, final score, Mississippi State 86, Tennessee 73, thanks to a second half that ended uh, with Mississippi State scoring 58 points and Tennessee scoring 39. Uh, Vols had a 34-28 to 28 lead at the break, and then uh, all hell sort of broke loose after that, Tennessee playing without Josiah Jordan-James, uh, which obviously made an impact on, on a team that, that needs all the help they can get right now. Uh, and Tennessee did a couple good things for the first 20 minutes, Grant, and then just everything fell apart in the second half. That was that was looked like big boys playing small boys there in the second half. That was not pretty. No, it wasn't, and it was a it was kind of a another step in the wrong direction for a team that's been inconsistent all season, but seems to take big steps back uh, even after the smallest steps forward. I mean, a week ago, Rick Barnes was talking about this team heading in the right direction after that loss at Kansas. Uh, now it's a three-game losing streak, uh, and you're going to Alabama Tuesday. Obviously, everybody knows the history there with Tennessee and Alabama in that building, and then you host Kentucky on Saturday. So uh, it's a really trying time for this basketball team right now. It's another kind of stop and start with Josiah Jordan-James out. I mean, once you finally settle on a rotation and a group of guys, then it turns into, well, adjust the rotation with this guy out and who's going to start and who you're going to rely on and how the rotation and, and all the roles change. It's just, just kind of been – the theme of the season, and it's happening again, and uh, now it's really starting to bite Tennessee pretty hard. Yeah, and, and you know, the way that Tennessee, and we're, we're, we're going to spend most of this segment listening to some interviews before we break down some other stuff going forward, but one thing I do think we need to address beforehand, Grant, 
is that Tennessee against Texas A&M had one of the worst rebounding performances that I've ever seen. I believe it was 46-21 was the final total. Uh, Texas A&M had more offensive rebounds, 23, than Tennessee had total rebounds, 21. Uh, and then Tennessee bounced back and out-rebounded Mississippi State in the first half of, of this game. And that's nothing small when, when you're playing a team that uh, starts one guy at 6'11", another guy at 6'10", who's you know, I think one of the best big men in all of college basketball, and Reggie Perry, he's just a monster. Uh, and for for 20 minutes there, Tennessee hung right with them. Then in the second half, at one point, I believe it was 16-4 uh, to four on the glass, and then it was something like 21-6 to six on the glass at one point in the second half. And it really kind of looked like if you go back to, if you think about high school, when you would have like the varsity kind of, you know, scrimmaging against the JV or something or, or the freshman team and just bigger, stronger guys pushing around the other guys. And this is a Tennessee team that, that missed Josiah Jordan James. He's probably one of the best rebounding guards in the SEC already as a freshman uh, in 6'6", long wingspan. He helps. Um, but Tennessee just got physically overwhelmed at times in the second half. And when that happens, Tennessee then had to start kind of packing more bodies in the inside, and, and that opened up some space outside. And, and then you get a guy uh, who, who's about a seven points per game scorer uh, there in D.J. Stewart Jr. who puts up a career-high 24, I believe, and, and just hits some dagger threes. But all of that starts because Tennessee could not do anything in the paint. Tennessee could not get a rebound, and it just was a, was a tough sight to see, really. Yeah, I mean, what's funny, you get out-rebounded 23-8 to in the second half, which is crazy. Tennessee only had three defensive rebounds in the second half, which is insane. But at the same time, Mississippi State shot 69.6% in the second half. You can't rebound shots that go in. If You have to have missed shots uh, to have opportunities for rebounds, and there was none because Mississippi State dumped it in the post, and Reggie Perry did what he wanted. Any Basically, anybody from Mississippi State in the second half did what they wanted. If it wasn't Perry... Uh, in the paint, it was somebody on the perimeter. Uh, but, I mean, the rebounding, it's its going to be an issue. But right now, after this game, it's its not the most pressing concern because there's so many other things that they got to figure out. Uh, but that stat was astounding. I mean, 23-8 to eight and only having three rebounds. But then at the same time, it kind of makes sense because when you shoot at that high of a clip, there's no rebounds to grab. And it was just a, just one of the many numbers from a pretty astounding second half. Yeah, and I think one thing that I'll mention is that I think the rebounding ended up not being the worst-looking statistic, but I think it was the start of everything because I think not being able to kind of rebound one-on-one, um, I, I think that got Tennessee a little bit out of whack defensively. I think that led to some some guys having to help off of other guys, and I think that kind of started the avalanche, so to speak, when, when Tennessee had trouble inside uh, in the second half. But there's a lot of things to talk about after a game like that. What we're going to do, guys, in this first segment, we're going to bring you some interviews. Uh, you're going to hear from, from Tennessee coach Rick Barnes. You're going to hear from uh, freshman point guard Santiago Vescovi, who did some good things offensively, struggled again defensively in this game, but, but is starting to really kind of impress offensively in a lot of ways. He's got so much ability on offense, the way he sees the floor. There's a lot to like there. And, and then we'll, we'll speak with almost the man of the hour today, Uros Plavsic, getting his first career start at Tennessee after playing, I think, a grand total of what, 25 or 44 minutes, something like that, for his entire career coming into this game. He starts. He gets the, the starting assignment, not Olivier Cumwa. Um, and Rick Barnes said you'll hear him say because Uros deserved that that starting spot, deserved a chance to go play. So uh, we're going to get to a lot of interviews first, though. We're going to get to Tennessee coach Rick Barnes, uh, who had a lot of things to say, as usual, 
and after a loss, a lot of them were not great uh, uh, to hear necessarily if you're a Tennessee fan, but uh, I think they're important to hear, and I think that you'll hear some honesty here. Uh, but here's Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. Really, you know, dominant performance by Mississippi State in the second half. It was uh, I was really proud of our guys, the way we started the game. Uh, we had to go with a whole different rotation, and uh, I thought – because of that, it probably affected Eve more than anyone on the court because he had to play away from the basket or a different position more than he has at any point in time this year. But our young guys, I thought, really, I was really proud of the way they responded. But the second half, they just dominated us inside. And uh, we didn't have an answer for it, and that's what's frustrating. But uh, got to give them credit for it. They, uh, and they did exactly what we told our team at halftime they would do because they had not shot the ball well the first half. We knew they would come out and push it at us and try to get early post up, but try to get it up on the glass and go rebound it, and they did. It's a lot, you know. They were going, they were putting some different things. You know, they were putting uh, having a, a small guy screen a big guy, and. Uh, running a little triangle action down there that but they were just determined they were going to get it there and I thought uh Folky was not a factor today you know he got manhandled down there Olivier same thing uh even Urush they got you can't play behind somebody when right right at the rim and we we were got caught with our big guys doing that a couple ball screen uh screw-ups allowed them to get downhill where we uh, again I thought our guards did a uh Pretty not, a much better job than the other night, where we at least pushed up on the ball screen, and and uh, but a few times, two times for certain, our, our post player didn't recognize the defense that we were in, or if they did, they didn't execute it. And uh, but you know we just got to learn how to play two halves. What is Josiah's status right now, moving forward? Do you expect him back or? I, you know what? Honestly, I, I don't know. I, I just I, he hadn't he didn't practice obviously and coming up here and we didn't think he would play and we again started working on trying to put together a different team in terms of knowing that the rotations were going to be different and the first half I thought our guys showed a, a lot of what we, we we can do but the second half too many too many fouls where we're back on our heels and you know they got to the bonus shoot I think within the first four or five minutes of the second half and they, and they made their free throws that's I mean you look at I mean, they shoot 25 out of 30 and we don't do a good enough job getting to the free throw line, and uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't, again, we'll we'll wait and see. It'll be it'll be day to day. The thing uh, we did do a better job in some things tonight. But again, I, all I can tell you from our, I, I really was pleased with uh, our freshmen. I thought I think Santi settling in more. I, I really do. I thought Jordan Bowden gave some good things. We just had some silly fouls that that affected us. But uh, Drew and and uh, Devonte. We're, we're, did some pretty nice things. What did you think of Urosh and why was he the choice to, to start today? Well, Olivier's had chances all year. You know, he's had he's had as much opportunity as anybody, and it just seems he can't quite understand yet what what he needs to do uh, consistently. And uh, but Urosh, I mean, he showed today for a freshman who hadn't played in a long time. Uh, like Santi, he's got a chance to be a really good player. He missed a big back, a big bucket when rolled nobody between him and the rim, and he threw up a little floater. That's those are the plays where he's got to get better, where he's got to attack the rim and dunk those shots. But uh, uh, he he did a nice job. He he he'll he'll be out there, and uh, uh, 
Yeah, again, I even I look at Drew. It's a tough situation for Drew at this point in time, but yet he handled himself pretty well. I think at one point it was maybe 16 to four in the second half on, on the glass. I mean, after what happened today in M, is that just how much of that's bad bounces? How much of that's just kind of getting outworked? Well, they're they're big, they're bigger and strong guys. I mean, they're not easy to guard. I mean, you know, they they get in there and and they they get up on the glass. You know, I mean, you, you look at they've got older guys playing against younger guys and understanding the, what goes into going to get those and whether it's outworked or quicker off the floor, whatever it may be. They 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 got it done. We didn't. I think we got one in the back. Uh, DJ Stewart, he's kind of developed a reputation at State for being a pretty good defender, but scored 20 points today, had several threes and things. And kind of catch you guys off guard how active he was offensively today? No, again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. From that, I mean, uh, you know, once they start pounding you inside like that, you got to start putting a lot of attention there. That's going to give guys a little bit more time, and where they have a little more, and they get a lead, you know, that basket gets bigger. You know, you can relax a little bit, but. Uh, I think, I think you got to give him credit. I think Ben's done a really good job. I think he's got a good basketball team, the kind of team he likes. And uh, again, it's just disappointing that I, we know we're a better defensive team than we showed today. Our numbers show that, but we didn't. The second half, again, you give up 58 points and a half. You don't deserve to win. Two more. Period. You said that that Fulky was a non-factor today. Any idea why that was the case? Well, again, at halftime, he sat around the locker room like he was uh, stomach was upset. Uh, but I didn't think he was. There from the beginning, you know, he from the very beginning of the game, he he took uh, what nine shots and we wanted to shoot the ball, but he took some of it. it looked like he had his eyes closed, just hoping the ball would go in. Those are the plays that that you know we can't have. I mean, uh, and you think about it. I'm looking at the minutes here. He had 29 minutes. That's normally what he does, but uh, he just he he just didn't have it. That's two straight games now where teams have really asserted themselves inside against you guys. What's kind of the common thread maybe between those and how do you correct that? Well, I think it, I think it goes not just the post players but perimeter players as well. You, again, you, you can't let players just step right in front of you and you know post up. You can't do that. I mean, there's there's no defense for it. I mean, especially if they get you that deep. But our, uh, I thought we were uh, – some of that was starting with our guards allowing uh, the guard to get downhill and getting us into a rotation. Once you get into a rotation and the, and the ball goes up on the glass, you got smaller guys trying to block out bigger guys because it's just a scramble situation. And until we, again, can contain the ball like we're capable of, and we've proven we can do it. We, I mean, we've proven it against good teams. We're just not consistent enough with it, and we've got to – and that's what – again, what I told the team, we don't understand yet how hard it is to win at this level night in and night out. And that's what I, what I really think. Until they understand – how hard it is, and when you have young players, and we do are playing with some young guys, until they understand that every possession matters, it, it won't get fixed. That was Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes uh, speaking candidly, uh, as he usually does after after games. Maybe some of that will change after he watches the film, but I, I don't know that it will. I think there's a lot of truth uh, in, in what he just said. We'll talk about it more in the second segment. But before that, we're going to get to a couple player interviews, guys, and we're going to start uh, with Tennessee freshman point guard Santiago Vescovi, who had a lot of responsibility today, even more than usual, because Josiah Jordan James, who's normally the starting wing but a backup point guard, so to, you know, some whatever you want to call him, kind of a 
hybrid guy like that. He was not there, so Vescovi and Jordan Bowden were the primary ball handlers. So there was a lot on uh, Vescovi's plate today. He did some good things, also struggled in some ways, and, and he'll talk a little bit about the defense in the second half. So here's Tennessee freshman point guard Santiago Vescovi. Kind of stop the floodgates when a team starts doing what they did in the second half, and scoring and scoring and scoring. I mean, it's pretty uh, tough. I think we could we could have done a better job uh, defensive wise, but yeah, it's really tough and more like having all the all the people uh, chanting for them all the time. But yeah, as I said, I think we could have done a better job defensively. Did you know that they had scored 58 points, or did you have to? Did you know that before looking at the box score that they had scored that many in the second half? No. Uh, once we got to the locker room, the coaches told us, but I didn't know that. How hard is that to hear that you, know, you allow 58 points and a half? I mean, it's really tough. Uh, to be honest, on the court, I didn't feel it. Like, I didn't feel this court, almost 60 points in one half. But once we hear that, like, in the locker room, it's, like, really tough to process it as, like, we gave up almost 60 points. Without Josiah out there today, what did that change for you? Uh, I think Josiah's really big part of the group. Uh, he's injured right now, so... Of course, he kind of play, and I think really, well, we really need him because um, he's another guy that can handle the ball. He can organize the team, and he has also like the ability to score. So it's another way that we can score. Did that put more on you and, and Bowden today in terms of having to make you know, y'all were the main, the main two getting it up the court? Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, another reason that Bowden and I we had to um, get the ball every time. Um, like on the first half of the court and I mean at the long term that really affects you in terms of like uh, getting tired so yeah I think we really need him. What do the guards need to do better defensively to kind of establish the defense and not let the ball get inside so often? I mean I think we need to uh, ball watch a little bit less because we got uh, back at I got back at personally and um like as wings, they were cutting all the time because they know we we're gonna ball watch, and I need to. I think we need to cut down uh, those ball watch and shrink more like people in the paint. What What did you expect in terms of defensively at this level? What it would be like? Because it seems like you pick things up pretty quickly offensively, but defensively at times there's there's still some issues here and there. Uh yeah, I mean as I said, I think the biggest thing to to. I think the biggest thing to like get better here is uh, defensive-wise, because like there's a lot of athletic people, and yeah, I think that's pretty tough. Was today a step forward offensively on that end of the floor for you? Yeah, I think like on every game, I'm I'm getting more used to like the pace of the game, so I think it's an improvement. It's good for y'all to get Roche out there today. It looked like he was. Felt a little more kind of at ease out there. Yeah, I think he did a great job. Uh, he got more involved into uh, the offense, and I think that really helps us, and we need that, like, on every game. What did the Global Academy do so well to prepare you to, to come in and play this much? Uh, I mean, I think they prepare me in every aspect, uh, on and also off the court. So I think they did a really great job, and they still doing it with all the prospects they have. 
That was Tennessee freshman point guard Santiago Vescovi talking about some interesting things uh, from that game uh, that we just saw. I guess if you want to call it a game, wasn't much of a game in the second half. Uh, but he's a guy who went out there, scored 16 points, uh, did some good things, uh, five assists, just a couple turnovers, four rebounds, uh, some some positive things to build on there offensively. Uh, just needs to get a lot better defensively in a hurry. Uh, and before we go to break, you're going to hear uh, quickly here just a couple minutes uh, from Tennessee redshirt freshman big man Uros Plavsic, the seven-foot Serbian, got his first career start uh, against Mississippi State and uh, uh, some positives, some negatives. He did score a career-high 16 points um, but uh, did not have a lot of rebounds. Uh, certainly he he had uh, I believe the number was three that he had in 26 minutes, which if you're a seven-footer, probably not good enough. Uh, tough assignment for him today defensively but uh, there's plenty to talk about and, and we got a couple minutes with Tennessee retro freshman big man Uros Plavsic. What made them so difficult to deal with? inside today was it them or was it you guys or what how do you assess that it was just us uh obviously it wasn't like nothing like difficult about them like we showed them in, in the first half we had a great first half um you know like rebounding wise and uh we gave up only three or two or three fast rebounds in the first half and uh, we were up six and a half so i just think like we didn't we didn't um we didn't have the same energy in the second half same kind of uh toughness in the it's just, it's just what happened. They, they took some offensive rebounds. Um, we didn't respond to their run, and uh, that's it. Any sense for why the response didn't come? Because, I mean, you know, you know you're playing them on their home floor. They're going to come out in the second half and kind of come out and play hard. Why was there sort of not a better response to that? Uh, I just don't know. I just I just feel like we didn't uh, execute, like, on, uh, on defense. They're like, we didn't stop their, uh, their transition offense, so... You know, like when you when you let them score 58 points in the, in the second half, you can't win a basketball game, especially think, on the road. Did you think about your play getting a start, getting as many minutes as you got? I wasn't thinking about it that much. It was I was just about team. When did you find out you were starting and just getting the chance to have as many minutes? How much does that help you moving forward? Uh, I found out this morning, but just it means. It's just like the same thing, like you play a basketball game, like you have to start like, or you have to bench, you have to do your job, and that's, that's pretty much it. Is it frustrating not getting very many minutes the last couple of games? No, 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 no. That was Tennessee red shirt freshman forward Uros Plavsic, the seven foot Serbian, talking about Tennessee's 86 to 73 loss to the Mississippi State Bulldogs here at Humphrey Coliseum, aka the Hump in Starkville, Mississippi. So, guys, you heard. A bunch of stuff there. Uh, you're not going to like a lot of it, but there was a bunch of stuff to hear there. And uh, now that we got through that, we're going to go to break, pay some bills, uh, some products, services, in-house ads, all those fun things. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this game, what it means, and where the Vols are going to go from here. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago. As always, you're not... Uh, morally, ethically, spiritually, contractually obligated in any way, shape, or form to listen to those commercials. But we appreciate the people who do that. That helps us at CBS Sports. That helps us at 24-7 Sports. Helps us at Go Balls 24-7. And who knows, it might even help you. Uh, again, guys, at some point, we're probably going to voice those ads ourselves. But for now, we're going to deal with whatever we are, whatever we're dealt, I guess. And Grant, what, what are your thoughts on those products and services and in-house ads? They were wonderful, weren't they? I loved every second of it. It was the best. It was the best. West Rucker, Grant Ramey coming to you here from the hump, talking about Tennessee's 86-73 to loss to Mississippi State uh, here in Starkville. Uh, the story again, guys, uh, Tennessee has a 34-28 lead in the first half, out-rebounds Mississippi State, things looking pretty good. Uh, and then Tennessee had uh, one of the worst halves of, of basketball um especially defensively, that I think I've ever seen. I mean, offensively, a couple things could have gone better here or there, uh, but really defensively it was just a, a total um, debacle, I think, in the second half. It, it looked like some some adults playing children. And the tough thing about it to me is, Grant, here's, what, here's where things are right now. This team is either, one, physically not strong enough, or two, not playing hard enough. And it's got to be one of those two things. I'm looking at it from a lot of different angles, and the only thing I can come up with is either this team is physically overwhelmed or this team is just not playing hard enough. And and I don't really know which one it is. Maybe a tiny bit of both in some cases. I would lean towards it's physically overwhelmed because this roster is short on bodies. This roster is short uh, on the talent you need to compete at this level in this conference. Uh, it's short on a lot of things, and it, it kind of always circles back to the recruiting misses over the last few years, the number of transfers, the guys that, you know, they could use some big bodies in the post. Well, they've had a lot of big bodies transfer out of this program. I mean, that's one thing that Rick Barnes said after the game. Uh, Mississippi State's hard to defend because they got some big, strong guys down low. Well, you need some big, strong guys down low, too. I mean, that's that's kind of what you have to match, to, uh, you know, to go one with one on those. I mean, Fulkerson's not a guy that's – going to be able to defend a 6'10", 250-pound Reggie Perry for 40 minutes and shut him down, a guy that averages double-doubles. I mean, he's the fourth-best scorer in the league, and he's the best rebounder. And when you get a guy that big on Fulkerson, it tends to not go well. Um, Euros Plavsic, 7'240", hadn't played basketball, you know, uh, consistently in a game setting before, you know, before the last two weeks, three weeks. It had been a while. He sat out all last season. It's going to take some time for him to be uh, good on both ends of the floor or at least consistent on both ends of the floor. I think the the efforts there, I think all these guys, you know, obviously they want to win. They're trying to win. It's just that they're pretty short right now, short-handed uh, and short on a lot of things. And it's, it's kind of all hitting them at once. And, and, you know, it, it felt kind of similar three years ago in this building. Did you know Tennessee was up 33, 21 at halftime and then gave up a 43 point second half to Mississippi state. And that's kind of what this one felt like in that, that team, that was a 16 and 16 year, a lot of young talent, uh, and that looked like a team that was overwhelmed in that moment. So maybe there are things to build on, Some of what some of the young guys did. I mean, Euros had 16 points, but he only had three rebounds. And at seven foot and with a 7'5 wingspan, play 29 minutes or whatever he played, you got to have more than three rebounds. So 
Uh, this team's gone through some pretty big growing pains, and it's going to be like that for a while because I just feel like right now they're just kind of overwhelmed. Yeah, you think about it, you know, Zach Kent not really developing the way they wanted. Uh, Derek Walker, and he leaves the program. Derek Walker not really developing the way they wanted him to. He, he leaves the program. Um, you know, the Blackshear deal just kind of, I don't know that Tennessee necessarily did anything wrong there. I think Tennessee kind of got bamboozled down the stretch. I think Tennessee thought they were getting him. Uh, and then all of a sudden, at the last minute, he decides to transfer to Florida. Um, that certainly hurts Tennessee. Uh, not having Plavsich being able to play for the first whatever 15, however many games it was this season, that that certainly didn't help. Um, but here's where I, where I see a concern, Grant. Tennessee has signed one of the best classes I've ever seen Tennessee sign, and there is going to be a ton of backcourt and wing depth and talent and versatility on that team next season. But I don't know where it's getting bigger. And that is something that this is a – backcourt college basketball in general is oftentimes you know basketball is almost kind of a game without positions now in some ways even at the NBA level um, length is is basically more important or as important as height Uh, and this is in college basketball a backcourt dominated kind of sport you know we see mid-major teams that have these great veteran guards they make big runs in the tournament Uh, we've seen teams that had three-point guards but not really many big men go to the final four we've seen this happen but uh, you do need a little bit of thump. You, you, you kind of need a hammer at times, and I don't know where that's going to happen for this team. I, I think, you know, uh, a guy like Eve Pons, as physically imposing as he is, uh, there's times at the at the four spot where his athleticism, as great as it is, is not going to be able to overcome the fact that he's not six foot ten. He's not six foot nine. Uh, John Fulkerson has uh, kind of been one of the most improved players, maybe in the SEC, if not all of college basketball this season. Uh, and when you look at what he does from an efficiency standpoint, normally he's really good, but he's also long and lean, and he's going to get pushed around at times. He'll be in the right position. He'll be exactly where he needs to be, and he'll just he won't be. Reggie Perry, and so he'll get pushed out of the way. Plavsic is a guy who I think can give you some thump there. Uh, I still am big on the upside of Kumwa at some point. I think he's going to be a good basketball player. Um, but Tennessee, that's one area where y- you look forward, Grant, and you go, man, I don't know if maybe if somebody decides to leave the program early, if they need to get back in the transfer market and find a big man. They just they need something to change there because no matter what they do everywhere else, uh, that's going to be an issue at times. I mean, yeah, I, I would for sure get back in the transfer market if there's an opening, uh, if there's a, an available spot for somebody and you can find somebody that uh, matches what you want. I think what was so important about Euros getting eligible, I think with 15 games left in the season, that's a 15-game head start on what he can be uh, next fall. He, he doesn't have to get caught up uh, on the floor next November. He's going to be experienced there. I think that's the most important thing. And even – if you want to find a, a positive in, in Josiah Jordan-James missing this game, it, they, it forced them to start Urosh and play him 27-whatever minutes it was after he only played six minutes in the last two. And, and I know Rick doesn't play guys he doesn't trust or think should be on the floor, but you need that guy on the floor because you need him to get ready for what's going to be expected of him next season. And I think Fulke can be better next season with a you know another year older, and there's not going to be such a reliance on him. He's much better in a 27-minute spurt than he is having to play 32 or 35 minutes and be the primary big man for a team. I think uh, another thing is how how low in the paint can Corey Walker play and consistently, and, and how good can he be around the rim. Uh, I know they're excited about him, but you never really know, obviously, until these freshmen get here. Uh, there's got, Yeah, like you mentioned, there's a ton of backcourt talent. There's a ton of wing depth. There's... There's gonna, it's going to be a really deep basketball team next season. 
It's just a matter of who's going to be that guy at the five and how consistently is that guy going to produce. Can they rely on him? Can he defend? Can he protect the rim? Uh, and I think right now, uh, more than anything, it's got to be Eurosh, and you got to get him ready. you got to spend these next, I think, ten games left on the schedule uh, getting him ready for what's next. Because here's to me what's scary about this game, Grant. There are some numbers you look at from this game, and you go, if you just look at these numbers, you might think Tennessee wins this basketball game. I'm going to throw one out at you from the beginning. 17 assists and six turnovers Tennessee had in this game. Again, 17 assists and six turnovers for Tennessee in this game. Another one, Tennessee, which has not been a good three-point shooting team all season, shoots 40, I believe, let me make sure I got the number right, 45.5%, 10 of 22 from three-point range in this game, Tennessee was. Uh, Tennessee shoots 46, 47, I think 47% from the field for the game. Normally, when you look at those numbers, you think, man, I bet Tennessee won that basketball game. Uh, but then you, you look at it and you go, oh, 36 to 24 in rebounding, uh-oh, uh, points in the paint, Mississippi State 32, Tennessee 20, um, you know, Tennessee even had more second-chance points than Mississippi State did. Of course, Mississippi State didn't miss many shots, so that's not going to lead to a lot of those. Tennessee's bench outscores Mississippi State's in this game. There are some stats that you really like in this game, and yet still, down the stretch, it just got ugly. And that, to me, is is a concern because what happens if Tennessee turns the ball over in this game? You know, what happens if Tennessee does what it normally does and goes about four for 20 or whatever it is, from th- five for 20 from three-point range in a game? How ugly? I mean, this is a 35-point game if that happens. That is a concern because there are some things this team actually did well in this game. Uh, I, I think offensively, I, I liked a lot of the things that I saw. You know, the, Vescovi sees the floor brilliantly for a kid without much experience. Uh, I think Plavsic, uh, when he gets the ball on the block, he wants to score. He, better than any other big man on this roster, when he gets the ball at his, at his spot, he is going to take his dribble or whatever. He's going to turn around. He's going to try to back you down in the post, and he's going to try to shoot. And they need big men who will do that. Uh, but when you look at it, without Josiah Jordan-James out there, he's a pretty decent defender at a couple different spots. So you're having to be out there. You're taking him out there, no Lamonte Turner defensively. So what you've got out there defensively is a guy like Jalen Johnson, who's never been a tremendous defender, Vescovi, who is an extreme liability on the defensive end, and then Jordan Bowden, who is pretty good defensively, pretty darn good most of the time. Um, But he had a couple breakdowns today where I don't know if he was trying to do somebody else's job. I don't know what he was doing, but he just got flat lost a couple times defensively. And Tennessee, it looks like Tennessee kind of got bullied around in the paint. But that a lot of times that starts in the backcourt. If your backcourt doesn't do its job, lets the ball in too easily, you know, what can you do if you can't stop the ball? If you can't stop the guy, the big guy, when he gets the ball, what do you have to do? You have to stop the big guy from getting the ball. And that starts on the wing. That starts in the backcourt. And Tennessee just just allowed State to do too many things easily today. And, and this second-half film, I tell you, it's going to be ugly to watch because defensively, Grant, it was bad. Yeah, and it's it's really the wrong time to be regressing in certain areas like that. This, this team showed earlier in the season, I think, that, that they could defend at a high level. They've shown that at times uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, but they're not defending at a high level right now, obviously. Uh, and not being able to stop a post-entry uh, is concerning when – you're lacking what you're lacking in the post, and it's it's hard enough to defend it as it is, but if the post entry is easy, uh, it's that much easier for the opposing team. And uh, It's a really – it's a bad time to for this to be happening because you go to Alabama next, you host Kentucky, uh, you have home-and-homes with Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas over these last ten games. Uh, the schedule 
is going one way right now, and this Tennessee basketball team seems to be going another way. Uh, and you got to find a way to fix it and rally. I mean, there there have been worse Tennessee basketball teams than this one under Rick Barnes beat Kentucky at home. So you think about that. Florida comes to Knoxville, stuff like that. Vanderbilt. Uh, they can maybe find wins along the way, but they're going to get back to playing a really high level of defense because it almost feels like an accomplishment when this team scores 60 points, which is crazy, but that's that's kind of what it is. I mean, today they scored 73, and I think they had nine more shots than uh, Mississippi State, which is crazy uh, when you look at a 13-point loss. Uh, but they got to find something. they got to find it fast because uh, the schedule's not letting up, and uh, they don't want to go into a tailspin, obviously, over these last 10 games. And here's what I think, Grant. I know that, that you said a lot of times they were just kind of physically overwhelmed in this game. For me, it's kind of hard to believe that it's totally that because there are some things in basketball that you can control, right? There's some things you can't control, like Pat Adams is on the whistle, so there's going to be some bad calls. You can't control that. If a guy is just bigger and stronger than you, you, you can't control that. Um, if a shot spins in or spins out, hey, man, sometimes it's just the basketball gods doing what they do with the ball. It just It is what it is. But – there are some things you can control. You can control how hard you play on defense. You can control how hard you want to keep a guy off the glass. Because if a six foot three Dane Bradshaw can go out there and like out rebound an Al Horford, it's possible to go out there and do that. I refuse to believe that it's not possible for them to play better defensively and to play tougher. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I will be kind a little bit to John Fulkerson because uh, he has been, you know, he, he was sick a couple weeks ago, uh, something, I don't know if it was a stomach bug, he ate something wrong, maybe too many bowls of Lucky Charms today, I don't, I don't know what it was, uh, but he had an upset stomach at times in, in that game, and he also jammed up his shoulder, which anytime you hear John Fulkerson and shoulder, you go, oh, because the, the history there. Uh, and, you know, Perry and, and Adu, those are tough Th- those are tough defensive assignments for him. Let's just call it what it is. So I, I, I'm not going to give him a pass, but I'm going to say I understand part of it. For some of these other guys, there's just no excuse. I mean, I, if you're Ruos Plavsic, you got to get more rebounds than that. You know, you're seven feet tall, maybe seven foot one, 240 pounds. Sometimes you just got to go get that ball. You're, you're the biggest guy out there. Just go get the ball. Um, you know, guys like Jalen Johnson have arms that are 17 feet long, it seems like. Go get the ball. Um, you got to go do some of those things, and I believe they can do that because I, re- I know that Lamonte Turner is a great defender, and I know that Josiah Jordan-James is a pretty good defender at several different spots, but I refuse to believe they can't play better defensively than this. I, I just I, I don't believe that, and, and that's where I'm wondering about sort of some toughness issues on this team. Someone has got to step up, and we've said this before, Grant, uh, you may not find two nicer kids out there uh, than Jordan Bowden and John Fulkerson. They are two of the absolute nicest people you will ever meet in your life. But I don't know if they're going to grab somebody by the shoulder and say, I need more from you right now. And, and I think somebody other than Rick Barnes has to do that for this team. Yeah, and I think we talked about it uh, right after Rick's press conference. That's kind of what they lost in Lamonte Turner. Uh, Lamonte wasn't shooting it very well at all. I think 28% or something like that when they lost him uh, back in December. But more than anything, what he brought was just kind of that bulldog mentality. He was going to be the alpha that stepped up and and held people accountable and and called people out and said what they needed and when they needed it. And and when you lose that, uh, it's not good. And and they didn't just lose the kid on the floor. He's not with the team right now because he doesn't travel. He stays back. Uh, while he's rehabbing after surgery and all that stuff. So, I mean, somebody's got to step up and do that, and they're running out of time. I mean, 20, what, one games into the season at this point, there's 10 games left, uh, and you got to do a lot if you want to keep playing after the SEC tournament at this point. 
Uh, somebody's got to step up and do it, and, and you're right. It's 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 inexcusable. I mean, somebody like Jordan Bowden, it's got to be better. Uh, he's got to he's got to be more consistent half to half. You can't be scoreless at Kansas in the first half and then score 19 in the second half. You can't be scoreless here in the first half and then score I think 12 in the second half. And, and right, a lot of those points it, it didn't really matter because Mississippi State was already running downhill uh, on you in a big way. So I mean they. They got to get tougher. I mean, they got to they got to get more consistent. There, there's not been a consistent uh, trend for this team all season. Uh, they have a ton of things. The to do list is huge. Uh, yeah, and and the positives that you highlighted are kind of the stuff that Rick Barnes liked. You know, Vescovi right scored 16, looked a lot more comfortable. Urosh scored 16 is good, but for a, a seven foot 240 guy, he spins away from the basket more than anybody I've ever seen. Just step up and dunk the basketball. You're the biggest guy on the floor. Just do that. I mean. Rick talked about one time he kind of had a little run down the lane and he put up a little floater. Just go down and dunk it. There was one in the first half where he, he put it off the glass when he could have just as easily dunked it. That doesn't really make sense to me. And the three rebounds that we've talked about, he's got to be better uh, because Tennessee has to be better as a whole, and it starts with him. So there are some things maybe you can build on from here, uh, but it's a pretty big to-do list for this team right now. Yeah, if Urosh would, would just watch um, watch Udoka um, uh, Azabuki play basketball, that guy will try to dunk you and the ball through the rim at the same time. And, and, and maybe that'll come with experience. And I'll say this, too, about Urosh Grant. I think he's a guy who has some leadership ability. Uh, for a guy who hadn't been speaking English for that many years, uh, he does it very well. He kind of commands a room when he speaks. He speaks very plainly, but, but he communicates very well. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be a guy who's not going to be afraid to get in people's faces. I just think he has to play more before he feels like he has a right to do that. You know, it's hard to – to do that it's like let's imagine that someone like brock jancic or somebody like that was like some you know a great leader he's not out there much who's going to listen to him you know i mean so someone who's out there and playing minutes needs to do it and when you look at the personalities out there josiah jordan james also not the loudest kid in the room you know he, he he's just not who he is pember not the loudest kid in the room um, i think maybe ticket Gaines has some toughness i think maybe he's a guy to, to watch a little bit uh, down the road jalen johnson very quiet kid uh, in a lot of ways Someone, someone, they need a bulldog in this bunch, and I know that may be oversimplifying it, Grant, but I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it's oversimplifying it to say they kind of need a little bit more of an alpha mentality. Somebody out there does because basketball is a game of runs, and especially when you play like today in this game, for instance, you're up 34-28 at halftime. You're playing against a team, State, that I think is as hot as any team in the league, a team that I think will be in the NCAA tournament, uh, a team that has the ability to make a run uh, with some of the pieces that it has, and you're playing on their home floor, and you're an underdog, and you're up six points at the break. What in the hell do you think is going to happen in the second half? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to have Ben Hallen in there tearing paint off the walls, and you're going to have a team that comes out there with its hair on fire coming after you. you got to respond to that. You have to know what's coming, and when it happens – no one for Tennessee steps up and does much about it. Uh, you know, that happened against when, when A&M started making their runs late. Tennessee just didn't step up and do something about it. And someone's got to do it. Like, I, you know, I'd like to see in a huddle someone getting after somebody else at some point. I'd like to see somebody saying, hey, you know, come on, man, you're better than that. Um, they just need somebody to step up and do that. The body language is important. I'm a huge believer in body language in sports. And I, I don't like what I'm seeing with this bunch. No, and it's 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 kind of been that way all year. I think, uh, or at least since Lamonte's been gone. I mean, we we've described this team for a long time now as as a kind of a roster full of role players, and 
Uh, when Jordan Bowden's your fourth best scoring option on the floor, you're a pretty good basketball team. Uh, and, but when he's the guy that you got to rely on night in, night out, uh, he's a guy that needs help. I mean, it's obvious after 22 games, he's a guy that needs help around him, uh, and it's it's not happening. And, and Josiah James, Jordan James was a guy that had kind of slowed down and looked like things were slowing down for him and uh, kind of more in control. Uh, and then he struggled a little bit the last couple of games, and maybe it's a – Maybe the injury is the reason why, the tweak and all that stuff. Uh, but that's, I mean, it, it felt like, I think, and we talked about this, it was almost time for Josiah to take this team over and, and make this his program moving forward because it seems like he's becoming the face of this program. And now you throw a wrench into that. So it, it's kind of the same story repeating itself right now that they don't have any leaders, it doesn't feel like, or any takeover guys or take control guys because it just feels like a lot of role players uh, on a team where somebody's got to step up and be a go-to guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that it's this bad, but it's you know, the, the, there's that old saying, you know, kind of the deaf leading the blind. You know, it, 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 and I don't, I don't want that to to sound insensitive, but but my point is in that euphemism, I think at times that's what it feels like with this bunch. It's like who is going to step up and see the whole picture and and get a feel for the thing and go out there and do it. And, and that's an issue. And, and before we move out of here, we will talk a little bit about, uh, or at least what we know about Josiah Jordan-James. Uh, we know it's a hip. Uh, we know that hip bothered him uh, going into the season. We know we had some work done on that and that it cost him almost all of preseason camp, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and, and I think it's that same thing or, or somewhere in that area that's pop up. I'm not a doctor. Grant's not a doctor, even though he's wearing his glasses now. So he's smart, Grant. Um, but he tried to go in this game. They didn't think he could play, but he was out there with Garrett Maidenwald before the game, uh, kind of going through, doing some drills, trying to cut. Uh, looked a little, looked a little like he, a little tender still. So I don't know that it's some sort of a huge deal that can't be overcome. Uh, I think he'll probably we'll see him out there again at some point. I think it, I just they're calling it day to day. That's probably fair. Um, maybe if it was an emergency, they could use him. But you know, when you're a player with that much ability, I think you have to take it the right way and Tennessee's always been pretty good about that don't don't play through it if you can't uh they, they take pretty good care of those guys Chad Newman's one of the best in the biz in my opinion so uh, I, I there's a reason why Tennessee's had a billion basketball coaches and they've all kept Chad Newman because he's one of the best you'll ever have uh so so they'll get that worked on and, and we'll see where they go from here uh, certainly uh, we'll talk about this after this game on Tuesday but Coleman Coliseum is kind of a, a house of horrors for Tennessee it's almost like you'd rather go to Rupp right now than go to Coleman because just they just don't ever play well in Coleman, it seems like. I've seen a lot of good Tennessee teams go down there and, and, and lose. So uh, it's a tough spot for Tennessee right now, but we'll end it on a more positive note. Uh, Grant, if you had to pick the best way to spend a birthday weekend, would it not be being confined in a small area with me and with Mike Wilson? It would be, but to add on to that, it would be uh, going to Starkville for a work trip and forgetting your pants. Uh, just FYI, if you have any business trips coming up, make sure to remember your pants. Uh, or trying to scrub off a, a, a scrape on a uh, rental car from some choice word individual that doesn't know how to park in between the lines. Um, but hey, there was good food involved, so uh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know what's worse. Uh, I, I didn't think that a couple years ago sort of, I don't want to say famously, but there's enough people who know the story. A couple years ago, I went down to SEC Media Days and forgot my laptop. I uh, left it at home. And I thought, you know what? I don't know if that one's ever going to be topped. I don't know if anyone will ever leave anything dumber than their laptop at home. And then we get to Starkville, Mississippi, and this gentleman here to my left, wearing his glasses, which means he should be smart, realizes he does not have pants. 
He wore some gym shorts on the trip, which is cool. Yeah, he was wearing shorts on the trip. I mean, guys, come on. We're, this is a family podcast. We're family people here. We're not, we're, we're not going to be indecent. He's wearing gym shorts, um, but he forgot pants. And so um, maybe he should have worn his glasses when he was packing. I, I, don't, I don't really know what the deal is there, but we'll have to get that figured out. But anyways, uh, Grant, sincerely, I mean this. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, we're really lucky to have you on the site. Really happy that you're here. And I'm, I don't want to say too much more because I feel like I'm being nice and I, I don't. That's not my normal speed, so uh, we'll just say I hope it's a good one, buddy. Hope you have uh, a million more of them. Guys, uh, we're going to step out of here now. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And, again, uh, congratulations to him and his better half on their twins being born this week. Uh, you know, they're, they're happy and healthy and everything's good, so um, good to hear that. You can find all of us on social media also if you don't want our personal stuff, if you just want Tennessee news, that's all you want. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, sir. You can go to twitter.com slash goballs247 or facebook.com slash 247 and you can get that there. Or if you want to go get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water right from the source, you can go to goballs247.com, the best site for Tennessee coverage on all of Al Gore's internets. And you know Al Gore's a Tennessean, so Al Gore's internets, they better be good. And uh, I think they're pretty good. And also, if you pay us and you subscribe to our site, uh, once you pay us the full price, you will get access in perpetuity to CBS All Access. That's all CBS shows that have ever been made, uh, commercial-free. You can get a lot of live sports, SEC, NFL, World Series of Poker, UEFA Champions League coming up down the road, uh, different movies that cycle in every month, some podcast stuff that's, that's exclusive there. Anything you want, you get that for free. No questions asked if you join GoBoss 24-7. So go do that, guys. Don't, don't, don't be that guy or that gal who doesn't do that. Go do that. Uh, but until then, uh, you will hear from us again. Uh, I know football signing day is coming up, so we'll have plenty of stuff on that next week. Also, Tennessee basketball goes to Bama uh, and then hosts a, a pretty big game also. So uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about. We'll have plenty of podcasts uh, coming up next week. So enjoy that, guys, and we will see you all soon. So uh, this is Wes. Over there is Grant. We're in Starkville, and we'll see you later. Peace.